G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Wednesday, we like to address your questions around Christians and money. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex should be on the line with us. Hello, Alex. Welcome along to 2020. Hey, Neil. Great to be with you. Alex, great to have you on the program as always. And I just want to encourage listeners, 1-800-316-316, if you have a question about money, you want a Christian response. But Alex, let's start by talking about the idea that, you know, uh, one of our biggest fears when you get to middle years is the question, will I have enough money for my retirement? You've been thinking through this issue. Uh, What are your thoughts around, uh, especially, you know, (laughs) Christians and retirement? Yeah, look, it's a really important issue. I mean, obviously, a big part of our ministry is teaching people about money. And one of the fears that people come to us with is, will I have enough money? It's a very common question. Will I have enough money for retirement? Um, And the truth is that the Bible is fairly silent on this topic. I mean, there's really no passages that talk about it. There's one sort of obscure passage in the book of Numbers uh, that is referring to the the Levites, where it says uh, that once they hit age 50, uh, they should do no more work, which um, I'm sure a lot of listeners are probably thinking, oh, maybe that's a good one for us to, to jump to jump onto and retire at 50. Um, so basically the Bible's silent on it. So the way I tend to look at it is um, more from the angle that, um, you know, I believe that as Christians, we're born with a purpose. Uh, each of us have different giftings, whether it's our, you know, different um, talents and so forth. And really, we're called to use those until, the, you know, the day we leave this planet. Um, and so in reality, Christians should never truly retire. So I say to Christians that there's two things they should think of. What is, um, how should they have a purposeful retirement? In other words, what should they actually do in a practical sense? You know, how can they serve? Because not everyone is necessarily going to be doing paid employment until the day they Um, they pass away. But the second component to that is preparing financially. So even though I think as believers, we should drop the world's view, you know, the world paints this sort of picture that you get to retirement, you're just going to walk the beach um, and just travel and so forth. And it kind of paints this nirvana. The reality is very different. Firstly, health issues kick in for a lot of people. Secondly, there's usually often a lack of money or fear of um, fear of lack. Um, and so retirement is not this nirvana that it's often painted to be. And so, as I say, Christians should have a, a view on how am I going to be purposeful in those latter years of my life? And secondly, how am I going to prepare myself financially? Because the reality is that some of us are in jobs that are very physical, you know, manual type jobs where, um, you know, you're driving a truck or something like that, and therefore it's not possible to do that when you're 85. Um, then, of course, there's the issue of just general ill health. You know, people are often forced out of work due to ill health. In fact, I think it's about 32% of Australians are forced into an early retirement due to health reasons. Um, 
And then, of course, there's redundancy and so forth. So once we get to a certain age, you know, it can be harder to find a job. So there's a couple of factors here why we should prepare financially anyway. But I do think as believers, we should get rid of the sort of uh, world's view of this sort of just nirvana and just sitting back and doing nothing. That's not what God's calling us to do at all. You know, we're called to live on purpose and uh, really make the most of any any time that we have here um, on earth. <laughs> There is a sense, isn't there, Alex, the government has been interested in our retirement, our retirement savings with the superannuation guarantee, but uh, that can work in conjunction with a pension or, you know, there's even this sort of thought, well, what happens if there is no pension when I get to retirement years? What's the sort of thought you might have? And is there a Christian way of thinking about how much we might need in retirement? Yeah, look, it's Possibly the most important question to plan for, um, in tw- you know, in over twenty years of giving advice, it's a question I often are put back on clients, and most people can't answer it correctly. And the reason for that is they don't really know how much they're going to spend. So the big issue for people when you're thinking about how much am I going to need in retirement? Will the age pension be enough? And my superannuation, am I going to get enough from that? The question you need to be able to answer is. How much does it cost me to live? How much am I going to be spending in retirement? Now, for most people, um, their home is paid off usually, not always, but in most cases, their home is paid off and the kids have grown up and left the nest, so to speak. So as a result, um, your expenses typically by the time you get to 65 have declined and you've got probably got a bit of surplus. Um, so you probably don't need as much as you, as you may necessarily think uh, to live off. The second thing is, Once you know that income, you can then work out how much capital you actually need to set aside in order to get that income stream in retirement. Now, we've got some indicators that the government actually gives us. So the government in Australia says that 40,000 per annum for a couple um, is what they would call a basic retirement. In other words, getting by and having enough to do the things you need to do. What they would then call a moderate or comfortable retirement, they say you need about $60,000 per annum as a couple. So that gives listeners a bit of a range. Somewhere between 40 and 60 is what the average Aussie would need in retirement. Um, and then, of course, from there, you then build on that and say, okay, well, if that's that's the case, how much capital do I need in my super fund? How much age pension will I also get to um, supplement uh, you know, my income needs in retirement? So they're, they're the sort of things that people need to consider. And then there's the idea of anticipating what sort of returns will come on investments or uh, through superannuation companies uh, as to whether that is an achievable goal, that $40,000 or $60,000 a year. Absolutely. And look, that's what I call the great frustration at the moment. Um, When people get to retirement, um, one of their natural inclinations, and it can be a bit of a mistake, but we can get more into that later. But one of their natural inclinations is to take less risk and to be more defensive with their money, because for the obvious reason, they're no longer earning a salary. They can't rely on that. They've now got to rely on whatever they've saved. So there's a natural inclination to be that little bit more risk averse and um, and take less risk with, with your finances. Now, what that then leads to is people having high cash balances and high defensive assets, so things like government bonds, etc. Now, the big problem, as everyone knows at the moment, is interest rates in Australia are basically zero. The cash rate's 0.1%. So you're lucky if you get half a percent on your deposits, um, and then you probably get marginally better in bonds and so forth. So 
that defensive side of it is not really paying people much. Therefore, that pushes them down the path of taking more risk, such as buying shares in real estate, which are more volatile assets, but pay better income. Uh, and so then they're exposing themselves to much more capital volatility. So the biggest challenge uh, that we have as financial planners is to say, look, how do we help find someone find here a balance between minimizing their sort of volatility in their portfolio so they don't get a scare every time you know the stock market crashes but then also how do we make sure we get them the income they need um, so there's a bit of skill attached to that but basically it's trying to find that balance between um, uh, or risk management if you like um, between having enough defense assets to keep your portfolio nice and stable but enough also growth assets so you can beat inflation because that's the biggest risk in retirement is actually your your, your wealth doesn't keep up with inflation, but also the income that that portfolio generates as well. So it's trying to find that balance between those kind of growth and defensive assets. And that's the big challenge for all retirees uh, in Australia as they face at the moment. Alex, lots of people looking forward to hanging up the gloves and retiring. Others saying, I can't afford to retire, so I've got to keep on working. For those who are thinking of retirement, there's another little twist here uh, because some people anticipate the idea of a tree change or a sea change, leaving their home or their suburban lifestyle and uh, retiring somewhere where they can wake up in the morning and open the curtains and there's waves crashing on the beach or something like that. (laughs) Uh, What are your thoughts about when you retire, the idea of uh, having the tree change or the sea change, moving away from your typical stamping ground yeah look it's a very common one but it can be very problematic it's common for a few reasons one is um uh, that many people if you live in sydney melbourne or brisbane you live in these big cities your house is probably you know you've had you've raised the kids the house is probably worth a fair bit of money and you might not necessarily have enough money in superannuation and so forth so a very common thing is people want to downsize out of their family home uh, to unlock some money and then move to a cheaper area as you say they have a tree change they go to an, an area that's uh, you know by the beach or, or rural um, and usually a fair distance potentially from the major centre in which they were living. So it sounds good at first, but what tends to happen is you get there, six months you love it. You know, you love the new place, it's beautiful, you're meeting new people and so forth. But then after six months, what tends to happen is you realise, hang on a minute, I've left my church, I've left my friends, my kids can't come and see me very often because I'm now, you know, three, four hour drive away um, and so forth. And the, the problems start to compound. And of course, if it's a married couple and one of them passes away, then there's all sorts of loneliness issues. So I say to people, before you think about moving away from where you are today, think very carefully about the impact it's going to have. Because also, it's all well and good at 65 when you're probably relatively healthy. But when you're 75, 80, and you need people's help, you need people to take you to the doctor, you need that kind of bit of extra care, it can be very, very challenging. And and so I've seen a lot of very unhappy people who have gone down this path because then they've realised, um, and then when they say they decide to move back to a bigger city, they then find it's too expensive and so forth. So they, they create other problems for themselves. So I say you've got to really pray through that one very carefully, and you've got to think about 
all the the pros and cons of being near family, uh, near hospitals, near churches, all those things that are really important, you've got to think through really carefully. It's not something you should rush into because it can cause a lot of heartache. Hit us with some really practical stuff here, Alex, because supposing you're in your middle years, and let's uh, assume that there's some listening to us now, there might be 10, there might be 20 years away from retirement yet, and uh, maybe it's not even something that's in their thinking. But uh, if you were going to take some practical steps today to prepare for retirement, where do you practically begin? Mm, look, great question. So I say to people, the first thing you need to work out is um, how much income do you need? That's the first thing. I call it knowing your numbers, okay? And the most common problem that I see when people come to me is they, they don't actually know their numbers at all. They don't know how much it costs them to live um, because that's that's the first key thing. H- how much um, income do you need and therefore how much capital do you need to have saved? So once you do that, we can then work backwards. So we, we worked out, let's say I need 50 grand a year in retirement and I know therefore I need a million dollars in savings in order to get me that 50 grand. So I have that rough numbers in mind. That's the first step, know your numbers. I can then work back and say, right, I'm 45 today. I've got say 20, 20 years left of my working life. How much do I need now need to save in order to get me to where I need to go? And that's um, a simple projection. And some people listening to this might think, oh, it's a bit overwhelming. How do I work out all these numbers? Well, the good news is there's all sorts of calculators on the internet that will help you do that provided by the major institutions and people feel free to to reach out to us at wealthwithpurpose.com and i can point people in the direction of those calculators so they can start working those numbers out but that's the first thing so work out your numbers work out how much you can save and how much you need to save to get where you need to go and of course start thinking about what retirement's going to look like you know are you going to work part-time are you going to do volunteer volunteer work? Are you going to serve more in your church? What's it actually look like? Because um, as Christians, there's putting aside the money side of it, there's very much this whole practical, how am I going to use my time effectively for God's kingdom in those latter years? You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we need to run our race right to the very end. Um, and so really retirement is simply just a milestone on that journey it's not the end point and so we've actually got to think what am i going to be doing purposefully for that time and then of course that then you can bring that back a little bit and then monetize that and say well what's that all going to look like what's that going to cost me um and that comes back to doing the numbers and making sure you're saving and so forth um yeah so there's, there's plenty of things people can do Let's take best case scenario here, and uh, this won't apply to as many as I suspect worst case scenario might apply to, but supposing you've done those numbers, Alex, and you've worked out you need X number of dollars for a retirement, uh, you've got some investments in place, and you realise that you've done pretty well for yourself, Uh, you've built a big business, Uh, you've even got a nest egg in place that'll give an inheritance to your kids, and you've got an excess of money you know that you'll never need, but It's going to be there sitting in the background, perhaps just in case. What do you say to people who've got, you know, loads of money and uh, and not necessarily kingdom minded? Because I know this is one of those things we we bring out in a Christian conversation, having a kingdom mindset here. What do you say to the person who's got more money than they need? Yeah, look, fabulous question. There's two ways to answer it is I, I think ultimately, if you've got more than you need, the 
you have to break any fear because when people, even when people have a lot, there's often this fear that if I give it away, then it's gone and then I, I might not have enough later. That's the fear that it goes with it, which I think is a, a lack of understanding about God's character and how he provides for us. Um, but the two parts I would say is giving now and giving later. And by that I mean during your lifetime should be when your focus is of giving your money away because then as a good steward of God's resources you can then sow into things that God's put on your heart you know whether it's you know your local church and various ministries that you believe God's calling you to do and you should be do if you've got more than enough I believe that you have a responsibility to do that during your life but the second part to that it becomes the estate planning issue, and that is what happens to my money when I die. If I've got, I've got a lot. Now, the natural inclination of most Australians is to just leave all their money to their kids, and that's, I would say, the vast majority of people I've talked to. However, as a believer, I like to reframe the discussion. And what I always say to people is, if our money is God's, who are you going to leave God's money to? So rather than saying, I'm going to leave all my money to my kids, I'm, my, the statement then becomes, well, who am I going to leave God's money to? And that may, that well, may be well be that you leave that you... to um, uh, other organizations, not just your kids. Now, of course, your kid, if your kids are listening to this, they want you, of course, to leave something to them. But we do uh, want to make sure that if you have plenty, that you should you know, give to organizations that are going to fund God's eternal kingdom because that is your final act of stewardship. So really, that's the big dilemma, I think, for people who have a lot. They've got to decide, what am I going to give away now and who am I going to give it to? But then also they're going to say, well, when I pass away, who am I going to leave God's money to? That's a critical question that people need to answer. As I said, maybe easier talking about that type of scenario than the opposite. I read an article just recently, Alex, suggesting there's a huge number of Australians who can't scratch together as little as $2,000 to meet an immediate emergency. So uh, for some, uh, saving for retirement is a pipe dream. But great practical insight there about how you get a start on that and how you get a grip on where you are at the moment so you'll know where you're going to. I know there'll be listeners who'll be interested in connecting with you, Alex Cook, and perhaps even on this issue. And let me point people to the website, wealthwithpurpose.com. And you can access free ebooks, the My Toolkit, free videos and podcast content. Alex Cook is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. And Alex, just great insights as always. Thank you so much for taking some time to share those insights with listeners today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Always great to uh, be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 